Poppin' the Christian Bubble. It is now time for the Cultured Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is sponsored by independent financial planner Adam Peak. Join us as we provide commentary at the intersection of culture, tech, and faith. Amazon Prime has a new killer feature. Plex TV might be a new streaming option for you. Pearl Jam releases an uncensored version of a 1990s controversial music video. The U.S. is looking to build power plants on the moon and Mars. Everything we know about Apple's AR glasses. Have you ever prayed for God to disturb you? All this and more coming up on today's episode of the Cultured Christian Podcast. Well, we talk about technology being great a lot here on the podcast, and this week is no exception, and let me tell you why. Because right now, as you're listening to this podcast, well, those of you listening in the first week that it dropped, I'm actually away on vacation. I'm hanging out in Oregon with my friends out there and enjoying some time at the coast and just visiting all my favorite places and hiking in the beautiful Oregon uh, wilderness, and you're here listening to a podcast that I produced a week ago and that's why I love technology is I can schedule this thing to drop whenever I want so here I am doing this before vacation so you don't miss a single week of this amazing podcast but hey like I told you in the last episode it's summer so we might not make every week but we're gonna do our best to keep the content flowing and here we are episode 20 Wow, like just slowing down enough to celebrate that. Like I remember when we hit episode 10 and I was like, yeah, double digits. And here we are, 10 more episodes down the road. Episode 20 is here. And it's the year 2020. So I don't know. We should celebrate. There should be some sort of party somewhere like, yay. You know, we should have maybe little mini pod parties around the country and the world, wherever you're listening. Uh, But hey, welcome to episode 20. It's another jam-packed episode with lots of good topics and things to discuss. And let's just dive right in. So how many Amazon Prime subscribers do we have out there? This is uh, quite the Amazon month for me because August is the month where I get charged for my Amazon Prime. And every year now I look at that bill and I think, Is this still worth it? I mean, I think so, but that price keeps itching up. I remember when it used to be $99, I believe, and last year I think it was $159, so I don't know what they'll charge me this year. But yeah, so it's it's Amazon Prime month for me because I'm getting charged. But recently there was an article that I read about Amazon Prime Video got a killer new feature called Watch Party. And basically, it's just what you think it would be. And a lot of video services have tried this out. There's different, you know, social media things that you can do this. But as long as you're an Amazon Prime uh, member, you can go on to a website and watch in unison, like synced up in time with your friends or family, a show that's on Amazon Prime. And I think that's really a neat idea. You can text with each other and there's no other plugins or downloads. It's all built right into um, the website. 
And as you're probably wondering or hearing as I'm saying, it only works through a web browser. So if you're like me, I primarily watch Amazon Prime on either my Apple TV or my PS4. And so I'm typically not sitting at a desktop computer or a laptop watching movies, but I might be willing to try this out, especially if some of you want to do a little, a little watch party and then we can kind of chat in real time about the... Um, the show or the movie that we're watching. I actually did just get back on to Amazon Prime to watch The Man in the High Castle, which is a pretty fun series. I watched the first season a while back, and I think it was one of those that I was kind of half watching, half playing on my phone, so I didn't really get as deep into it. But here I am once again going through that series on Amazon Prime. And so, yeah, I just... Thought I would pass that along to those of you who want to watch something with a friend. You know, for single people like myself, that's, again, maybe something in this pandemic as well that's helpful because there isn't a family or a wife or, you know, friends that are sitting next to you on the couch. And so this is a fun and safe way to watch TV shows and movies with each other through the Internet. Speaking of streaming, and I mentioned last week that I got rid of YouTube TV because of their price hike, I wanted to talk about two other streaming options that I've recently tried out and looked into, and one is called Plex, P-L-E-X, which I had heard at least one other friend using. They now have a quote-unquote free live TV service with over 80 channels available to stream. And so when I heard that, I was like, huh? Like, this sounds really good. And it talked about local channels that you didn't need to have antennas, you know, a, an antenna to get to those local channels, which I've always had a struggle here. It seems like no matter what antenna I buy, it still has all sorts of that pixelation going on. And so, yeah, I downloaded it. It's a free app. It's ad supported. So there are ads, you know, throughout everything you watch. But I have to say I was pretty bummed when I took uh, a click over on the live TV part. Most of the quote unquote channels, and I'm using air quotes here because it's like what I would call web TV. My um, smart TV has these as well. It's like, oh, these are Internet channels, for example, like Fail Army, Edge Sport, uh, FUBU Sports Network. Like, have you heard of these things? Like they're... They're not actual channels like you would find on cable TV. It's like these are things from the Internet. And so like Reuters News, for example, I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. But it's one of these things where it's like got moving pictures, like not video, moving pictures. And then somebody is recording over top of it like a voiceover. And so it's that kind of stuff. It's not what I would consider live TV, live channels. So that was a bummer. I think there is some value if you want to find some new uh, on-demand stuff like movies and TV shows. Uh, there's a fair amount of things on there that I recognize. Things that maybe you won't find on Netflix or Amazon Prime may be over here. This looks like more of like a deeper dive into different companies. I'm sure there's all sorts of deals and connections when it comes to movies and TV. That's why you see things on one one app and not another app. It's because of all these deals and all these connections. So you might want to check it out just for the on-demand stuff. It did have a podcast section, which I was really bummed when I searched for our podcast. 
it wasn't there, so they're not pulling from the standard directories. Uh, it looks like one of those islands that you have to submit your podcast to, so that's a bummer. Not that any of you would be listening through Plex. I mean, you're listening right now, so you've already found it. Uh, but there's a music section as well. Uh, another streaming app that I checked out, you've probably heard of more because there's tons of ads pretty much everywhere. It's called Peacock by uh, NBC. And there is some really, you know, well-known shows. I believe The Office is on there. A lot of the network shows that you found and watched in the past on NBC, along with a bunch of new stuff. And there was an ad for a science fiction show called Brave New World. And that literally was the reason that I downloaded. I'm like, you know, I need something new to watch. This looks like it's right up my alley. So I downloaded it and it's like all the advertising. I think it's like trick advertising in my opinion. It's like a little bit on the false side, which is it's totally free ad supported. And I'm like, cool. And then there's a paid version, five or $10, I guess there's different versions, but I'm like, it's, you know, I can watch these things with an ad. Hey, that's normal TV. I'm cool with that. So of course I start watching this new series and I believe it's the third episode. You can watch two episodes and then to watch the third one, right when they kind of hook you in on the tension of the story, this thing pops up and it says to continue watching this series, you have to become a premium subscriber. So yeah, they're doing that crap where it's like it's free again in air quotes. That's kind of our our theme for this episode of the podcast is air quotes because it's free uh, unless you want to watch the whole series, then you have to pay. So I feel like that's a little shady. I mean, five bucks a month isn't that big of a deal, but like you, there's so many subscriptions. It just, it all starts to add up. So I stopped watching. It wasn't that great of a show to me. It was kind of subpar, honestly, as far as production value. So yeah, if you want to check it out. And again, to be fair, I didn't spend a ton of time in Peacock. Um, but there might be other areas where those paywalls don't exist. So have you guys checked out Peacock? It's kind of a fun name to say. Peacock? Peacock? I kind of feel like you have to become the bird when you say the word Peacock. I don't know. Anyways, so let me know if you guys have checked out Peacock, if you think it is worth a watch, if there are other shows on there that doesn't have the paywall. I'd like to know it. Maybe I'll give it another try. How many of you recognize that song? I mean, even without any lyrics playing, like, you know, the name of the song just pops into your head. And I already gave away the artist in the intro to this podcast, which is Pearl Jam. This song growing up in the 90s, this was one of those alternative hits, right? I don't know if they even refer to music like this as alternative anymore, but it definitely was when I was growing up. This was the grunge alternative movement. And here was one of the popular songs, probably the most popular song, arguably, from Pearl Jam, and it's called Jeremy. And of course, the name Jeremy of the song follows the life of this boy in the music video. And if you were lucky enough to have cable television, we didn't have cell phones back then, we didn't have YouTube and all these cool gadgets, so we had to have cable to see these MTV music videos. And that's really where this 
controversy came into play and they actually weren't allowed because of censorship uh, on the TV allowed to play this video. And it kind of follows the story of this boy, Jeremy, who's growing up in a, a bad home situation. He, his parents are fighting. He's yelling. And it, then he goes to school and he's having issues at school. Kids are bullying him, making fun of him, pointing at him, all these different things. And he's clearly dealing with lots of anger and angst like most alternative kids are. And it comes to this moment at the end of the video, which in the original video kind of insinuates that he shoots himself, but it doesn't show anything. You know, it shows all these kids in class. Of course, that day they're all wearing white clothes, which I think is artistically trying to, you know, make it really clear what happened for the music video. But in this new released one, uh, because, again, it's, you know, TV is not the issue. It's on the Internet. They actually uh, it's uncensored. And you actually see the boy, uh, the teen, I guess is better said, put a gun into his mouth. Now, you don't see the gore of, you know, it doesn't go off with the camera on him. It, it pans away. And then you see blood on the classmates, you know, wearing all the, the white clothes. And so in this article in Rolling Stone, this is what uh, Pearl Jam said. They said the increase in gun violence since the debut of Jeremy is staggering. We have released the uncensored version of the video, which was unavailable in 1992 with TV censorship laws. Pearl Jam said in a statement, we can prevent gun deaths, whether mass shootings, death of despair, law enforcement or accidental. So they kind of coincided with some of the stuff that was going on. Uh, this was released. When was this post here? Of course, it doesn't have the date. Well, the article is June 6th. So, the, yeah, they put this out into the world. I encourage you to check it out. And for me, you know, again, I want to this is not at all a political thing at all because, you know, I'm a person who owns guns. I uh, shoot guns. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe in protecting your your family and your home, but I'm also one of these guys who think that, yeah, it's hard not to argue that the world is much different than even just 20 years ago. You know, I talk to these students, for example, that have uh, shooter drills. You know, that's something that these little elementary school kids, you know, I grew up and my biggest fear in school, well, I mean, there was bullies and stuff and I was afraid of getting punched in the face by bullies, but I never had a fear of dying at school. I never had a fear of somebody taking a gun and shooting a bunch of people in my school. Um, the most scary thing was like tornadoes and tornado drills stuff. That was what I had to deal with. And every generation I I uh, surmise has to deal with different things, you know, in the 60s, it was the nuclear bombs drills and anyways, but nowadays you have to slow down enough to consider that they're doing like shooter drills in schools and just imagine what that does to little kids uh, emotionally having to deal with that, uh, that fear. And so I definitely think some of those gun laws and things can be looked at, but that's like so many things in our world. It's so polarizing that we can never get to a middle ground to agree on some of these things to change so that um, kids aren't dying, whether it be through suicide or mass shootings like that stuff is just insane. And that coincides with next month is uh, National Suicide Prevention Week. It's coming up in a few weeks here after this recording. 
And so it just felt like a good time to, again, kind of address this issue and to put this video out there. So, yeah, check it out. The uncensored version of Jeremy. Again, it's a rocking great song with a solid message that, again, may be hard for you to watch, but it's meant to be hard for you to watch. You know, I, I remember watching Joker this year with Joaquin Phoenix and you know, it got incredible ratings. His acting was incredible. And again, pretty hard to watch at times. But my walk away, my thoughts after watching the latest Joker movie is that this is how monsters, and I'm using that term to describe people who do these mass shootings, anarchy, that sort of stuff, kill innocent people. That's how monsters are created. And unless we take a long, hard look as a society how monsters are created in our culture, they're going to keep happening. Like, they're going to continue. They're going to show up if we don't own the fact as a society that we have some culpability here. We create those monsters by creating this unkind, harsh, mean world. And the way we raise our kids, the way we interact with each other on the roads, uh, in public, you know, all these divisive issues that are hitting us today we create we contribute at times often unknowingly we're not trying to create monsters but these things happen and then when you add to that a weapon of any kind you give them power you give them the ability to come to live out that sort of violence in taking other people's lives so Again, didn't really want to go super deep, but I thought that song is a great song. And whether you're a child of the 90s or not, it's worth a view. I'll put the link to the article, which has a link to the video in our show notes, as we do with all of our topics. In our tech section this week, we turn to some more space news. I read a great uh, PBS NewsHour article on how the U.S. is considering building nuclear power plants on the moon and Mars. Now, I don't know, again, just like we were talking about in that music video, there's some controversy here. I don't know what your thoughts are about nuclear power, so that's already starting off with whatever your opinions are of nuclear power, but here's where I'm at with it. Nuclear power on another planet where no one lives currently isn't as dangerous, right? Because if something goes wrong, it's not going to cause issues with people because there's no one on the moon and there's no one on Mars. And that is one of the first hurdles to having a livable, building all these things and having a livable uh, habitat on the moon and Mars, you got to have power. And so as you might think, solar is good because at least part of the day, you get sun and power, but you know, wind and solar have one problem and that is they don't generate a lot of power. They don't generate enough to do kind of the high level big things that are going to be needed on these bases on the moon and on Mars. And so the U.S. is looking to the private sector, it says in this article, to build these reactors because, as you might imagine, they have to be very specific as far as how big they can be, uh, how much they weigh. I mean, this, to me, the only thing that's scary about it is you have to load this thing on a rocket and take it off Earth and through the atmosphere and what happens if it blows up, right? Like if this nuclear reactor blows up on the way to 
the moon or Mars, we have a problem here on Earth. So that's a, a hurdle. That's a thing that the scientists are going to have to really look at. But it sounds like they're already giving some really good thought as to the steps that'll be necessary. Uh, for example, they're talking about building a bunch of small reactors because, again, of the size constraints. They can't build this huge reactor and fly it up to outer space. There's very limited space on these rockets. And so they already know their target weight and target size. And with that, how much power they estimate each one of these reactors are going to, to be able to produce. So, yeah, again, we're kind of moving towards this future of other planets and having power plants at least on other planets. I love that concept. I think that it's a good thing for us to be doing to be continuing to push into outer space and learning more about our universe and creating a potential another planet for us to live on in the future. Probably not in our lifetime, but we're talking hundreds of years from now. There could be people living on other planets, a multi-planet species, I believe Elon Musk calls it, kind of the stuff that you see in all the science fiction films could actually be a thing. And again, power is one of those necessary first steps because without power, you're not going to get very far in making food and uh, creating air for your living spaces like electricity's the beginning, one of the genesis elements that you need for life on another planet, for human life living on other planets. A little bit of Apple news today. Let's talk about AR. You've been hearing Tim Cook talk about this since 2016. It's been in each of the Apple announcements. Your Apple phone, if it's a newer one, has some AR capability in it. And they have kind of gone all in as a company. They believe that the future isn't as much VR as it is AR. And for those of you who don't know or need a reminder, you know, AR stands for augmented reality or artificial reality, depending on who you're talking to. But the idea is that the difference is that you're overlaying something on top of reality. That's what AR is. VR is a completely different reality. It's virtual. It's electronic. You cover your eyes. You go into a different world. AR is not replacing the world we live in. It's putting a filter or a layer on top of that. And so I think the most recent example that a lot of people have been interested in or have played with was Pokemon Go. And so that was all the rage like, what, five years ago when that app came out? And suddenly you had this thing in the real world interfacing with a other world or something in the digital world. And they were kind of uh, layered and on top of one on top of the other. And that's where people had a f their first. I would say it was kind of our first interaction with true AR capabilities. But now Apple is in the game and they're looking to create glasses that you and I will wear and for those of you techies listening to the podcast, that may sound familiar because another big company, oh yeah, you might recall, Google created something called Google Glass. And it was uh, for a while really exciting and neat technology, but largely was kind of dismissed. I think because of all that was going on in society at the time, people were largely rejecting the idea. And the biggest piece of it was because it had a camera on it. 
So people didn't like the idea of the surveillance aspect of, you know, suddenly all these people in the world would have glasses that were constantly videoing them, whether they know or not. And so I think that was kind of the big downfall of Google Glass. At least that's how I recall it. And so I just looked it up online and Google Glass is still a thing, but it looks like they've gone into more of an enterprise application. So working people have them for specific purposes within their job, but it never really became that thing in culture that everybody's wearing these things, creating human cyborgs, I guess. But Apple is still in the game. They're still rumored to be working on an AR set of glasses that wouldn't be so focused on a video camera aspect, but would be more about putting something in the glass, in your glass, so you can see, um, you know, notifications, directions, information on what you're looking at. So in theory, you could be looking at a building and just looking at it pops up a little information box from Wikipedia or wherever that tells you the name of the building, when it was built, what companies are in there. I mean, there's a lot of ways that this technology could be used. And one thing that I saw in this article that I want to read to you that kind of blew my mind is that it might actually be effective in uh, stopping some of the reasons why you actually wear real glasses. And so let's see here. It says, then there are two Apple patents from June that suggest the company is working on an optical vision correction system, meaning that the smart glasses will eliminate the need for prescription lenses or contacts. The system will address everything from astigmatism to farsightedness and nearsightedness, according to patently Apple, which first spotted the patents. I mean, that's pretty stinking cool. Like, you wouldn't have to have a prescription anymore. You'd basically punch it in somehow, or maybe it would detect those things in our eyes, and it would adjust digitally the stuff that we're looking at. That's pretty incredible. Another patent explains how that Google Glass interface would work, describing a system wherein users can touch an option in the virtual world. Infrared heat can detect when and where the user has touched a real-life object, according to the patent, which would allow the glasses to project controls onto those items. So picture yourself looking at a television, for instance, and then seeing a virtual menu of options pop up over top of it, allowing you to change the input, such as turn up the volume or toggle the whole thing on and off. So this is really cool. I mean, definitely super science fiction-y space sort of stuff in the future. I mean, how cool would it be? And I know this is for many people like, you know, the facial recognition thing is like, nope, don't want to do that. But being able to like have an application again that you opt in and you could see people on a dating app. Let's say Tinder has a AR Google or I'm sorry, I keep doing that. Am Amazon. Now I'm in Amazon. Uh, Apple Glass has a app that you download for Tinder and you basically say, hey, I allow people who have a glass to see that I'm available or maybe see a little statement that I make or my age or my sexual orientation or whatever. Like, how cool would that be that, again, opting in, so this isn't every human being, even though that would be cool for those of us single, but imagine going into a crowded mall, an airport, whatever, and in real time be able to look across the room and see who's available. 
And, and even as I'm saying this, I hear all the women saying like, that's creepy. Now creepy guys are going to come up and say hi to me. Um, I just literally thought of that as I'm saying this, but these are kind of like the applications that I see the potential for, you know, I'm not as smart as some of these app developers. So I'm sure there's ways that they could maybe make that a little safer or something, but there's just ways that we could identify things in each other or in our world that previously weren't possible. We would have a lot more information at literally, I was going to say our fingertips, but at our eyes, you know, and the other thing from the article, which I didn't mention is it'll be similar to the first couple versions of the Apple watch, which means that the processing, it'll be connected to your phone, to your iPhone. And most of the processing power will be done on your phone. So again, the, the glasses don't have to be really thick cause they won't have to have a huge battery. It'll be more of a viewer than anything. It's not going to be computing a lot of data in the actual glasses. So that's the way that Apple uh, very smartly figured that out with the Apple Watch is it doesn't need to do everything on the watch. So this little device doesn't need to use a ton of batteries. So that's uh, wicked smart. And yeah, so I don't know. Where are you guys at with this? Like, I feel like it's one of those things that culturally, you know, Apple tends to be still, I would say, they get a lot of crap. They get a lot of flack. But at the end of the day, they still are very much a trendsetter. And I think the most recent example is AirPods, like those little white things hanging from people's ears. I remember when those first came out, the first six months, all you heard was blah, blah, blah. They look so stupid, blah, blah, blah. They fall out. You lose them. Just people were throwing so much shade at them, right? But literally a year later, you go to the gym and everybody is either wearing AirPods or they're wearing a cheap knockoff, right? The Samsung version, the Chinese version, whatever, that looks exactly like it. Because once Apple gets a little bit of that traction and a few famous people and a few people try it out and say, wow, these really are revolutionary. They're wireless. They have, you know, the ability to connect with all your devices really quickly. And just the taking them in and out of the ear turns the music off. Like things that now we kind of see as like, well, yeah, that's awesome. But Back then, it was new. It was different. And the the trend-setting aspect of it is still a very powerful thing in Apple's uh, DNA. And so I see this as that potential thing, that if enough people started wearing these, whether you need glasses or not, it would become that kind of trendy thing that everybody would want one because, well, everybody that's cool has them, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm not really into that. I don't buy things because everybody's buying them or because I want to fit in. But I love tech, as you know, from listening to this podcast. And so I feel like this could be really, really cool. Uh, it could have some really unique aspects to it. But as always, it's one of those things we're going to kind of have to wait and see how much of these rumors and how much of these things uh, are played out, but it sounds like they are taking their time. They're really playing the long game here. And like Apple, they don't want to release something too early. They want to release it to the public when it's actually fully baked and going to have a lot of cool features. So I look forward to that. And this article estimates that uh, 2022 is when one person is saying in the article, these guys who do this for a living, they try to guess when Apple releases things. And then another guy uh, says next year, the middle of next year, 2021. So apparently there's already 
prototypes out in the world or, you know, maybe not fully out in the world, but out in private areas, people have claimed to already see the Apple Glass. And yeah, so that's coming soon. Would you guys pick one up? Do you think you'd get into the world of wearing Apple Glass, even if you don't have a prescription? I mean, to me, it's a no brainer. If you have a prescription and you wear glasses, why not give it a try, right? You'll probably pay a little bit more, but then you have all these extra features to enhance your viewing. But for those of us who don't or had LASIK, would you still get them? Finally, here in tech, a little bit of a PSA for those of us who order products from Amazon. Specifically, this is talking about an Amazon warehouse deal. I haven't heard of those until I read this article. But basically, the story goes that this woman was buying an external hard drive that she thought had 16 terabytes of storage space on it. And when she plugged it into her computer to format it to move the files over, she realized that the drive only had half of that at 8 terabytes. Now, Ashley, the person who got this deal, um, reached out to Amazon. As typical with Amazon, they refunded it, dealt with it very in a very quick, expedient sort of way. And she looked, on, upon further inspection, she says she looked at the case of this hard drive and realized it looked like somebody had busted it open. And so as far as she can tell, it looks like this was a returned item. So somebody was like gaming the system here and they had bought a 16 terabyte hard drive like she did and they busted open the case and threw the smaller one in and shut it up and then returned it and got their full refund. So they get a 16 terabyte hard drive for the cost of what they paid for uh, an eight terabyte uh, hard drive. So again, just a little bit of a uh, heads up that when you get something from Amazon, definitely make sure that you check and see that it's exactly what you intended to buy because sometimes people are shady and companies can definitely be shady too. I find that Amazon is definitely again, really quick to fix the fix the mistake so that's the happy ending for her but yeah so little PSA there if you're buying something from Amazon make sure you double check and make sure that you got what you paid for our podcast sponsor is Adam Peak, my friend and independent financial planner his primary focus is educating individuals and families with the information needed to help with the decision-making process of their financial goals. If you've got some questions that you think Adam could help with, reach out by going to adampeak.com. That's peak with an A. Securities offered through Sigma Financial Corporation, member FINRA and SIPC. Adam Peak, 300 Parkland Plaza, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48116, area code 810-522-8169, or acpeak at sigmarep.com. For our faith section this week, I want to share with you another prayer that I, over the years, have had increased admiration for. This one comes from the 1500s by an English explorer by the name of Sir Francis Drake. That is a solid name. And uh, this guy had authored this prayer, and I assume, as you see, there are some elements that come directly out of him being a captain on the ocean. You know, the English were known for their, their navy, 
And this is where some of the elements of this prayer definitely come from being on the water and kind of from that terminology that this sort of person would use. And yeah, so I'm going to read the prayer and then maybe make some comments on it and we'll go from there. So the name of the prayer is Disturb Us. Disturb Us. And it begins like this. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrive safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, with the abundance of things we possess. We have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. Now, if you're anything like me, that prayer is a little bit convicting. Because here in America, again, I know I always say that phrase, but I think that there are things that are unique to Christianity here in the United States. The land of abundance, the land of freedoms, the land of materialism. It's a fair critique of American culture that we're too focused on materialism and gaining things. That's one of the downsides, the negative sides of capitalism. And so for me, a lot of times my prayer is like a magnet are drawn to stuff. You know, it's like... I might not ask for it directly, but kind of indirectly, you know, help me to get this level of income, help me to own a home, help me to buy these things, help me to, you know, it's always about security found in things that if I only had a little bit more, then I would be secure, that I would be happy, that I would be, you know, fill in the blank. And when I read this prayer, you know, it, it just challenges me, especially that second phrase there, that second part when it says, disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we've lost our thirst for the wonders or for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we've ceased to dream of eternity. And I feel like that's where a lot of us are at. We're just surviving. And especially again in a pandemic, it's just, hey, get us to next week, get us to next month. Let's get back to that level of income. Let's get our stocks and our retirement back up to where it was. You know, we can get lulled into this idea of safety, of feeling, feeling secure, of certainty in our lives. And yet, I wonder if that's not the direction God would want us to be going in. You know, that he would again be much more like this prayer trying to disturb us, to shake us up, to get us uncomfortable, unsettled, uncertain. And in those places, we are reminded of how much we need God. Like, I just think that that's that conundrum. And I'm fully into, you know, American capitalism, all that stuff. I think that the individualism of our country and, and individual rights and all these things, they're great. And I think that's what made uh, this country unique by and, and gave so many people opportunities. The American dream, all that stuff is from that, largely connected to that. 
But I think that's the paradox of our faith, that even though we have individual rights as humans, as citizens in this country, that God actually created you and I to be dependent beings, not to be independent. This whole idea of isolation, of being separate from, of being comfortable again, of being in this career and being you know, everything is lined up, everything is structured and planned is not necessarily God's design for us as humans. That again, whether it be food, you know, just in our normal 24 hours of life, we need food, we need shelter, we need um, water. You know, there's like, we're dependent beings. We need air, we, we need gravity. Like you just think about all the things you and I are dependent on that we take for granted that God largely has provided for us. And I think we get to this place where we get comfortable or even in a pandemic, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable right now, but my hopes and dreams, the vision, the horizon of my life, going back to this prayer, my hope is just getting back to where I was, getting back to comfortable, getting back to a certain level of income, getting back to, you know, where I can see my friends and I can go to the movies and my gym and just everything back to normal. And so I wonder... I wonder, as this prayer says in the middle here, it says, Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. Man, what if, what if that's what could happen in this season, where you and I, through the storm of the pandemic, the uncertainty, the election year, the unrest, just so much going on, so much pressure, unemployment, family conflict, just so many things, these storms that are just going, they're raging in our world and in our hearts and minds. What if instead of our destruction that we see God's mastery, we see the creator's hand, we draw close to God and his purpose, his larger kingdom purpose for our lives and for our country and for our world it's like that line where losing sight of land, losing sight of what's comfortable, losing sight of what's here now comfortable in front of us, we find the stars. We see something grander, bigger, larger, more beautiful, more connected to our creator and maybe what he intends for our life in this season. So I hope that prayer encourages you today. I, I want to be the kind of person who prays that authentically. Again, that these formulaic prayers, that praying other people's prayers, quite literally, you know, you can just pray these things and kind of sh shrug your shoulders. You kind of nod your head like, okay, I checked the box. I did it. I want to be the kind of person that prays this prayer and actually means it. That when it comes true, when the Lord is disturbing me, you know, when he's shaking, rattling my cage, when... He's taking my life and just not letting it be certainty and not letting it be what Kurt plans and controls and orders that I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I trust God. That's, that's the hard place to trust God. It's easy to trust God. Again, air quotes, you know, we talked about that through this whole episode. It's easy to trust God in quotes when everything's easy, when you've got all your bills paid and the car's running great and your relationships are awesome and your country's successful and blah, 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 right? Everything works. Then it's easy. But when the storm comes, when we're disturbed, when everything's rattled, our cage is rattled, do we trust God? 
Do we trust that he has our best interest in mind? Romans 8, 28. Does, do we trust that? that? He'll work all things out. That's when our, our faith is really proven is when we're in that storm. Well, here we are wrapping up episode 20. Another episode of this podcast is in the books. And as we wrap up today, I want to remind you of one way that you can help our podcast, and that is by spreading the word. You know, at this stage, we want to grow our audience, and the only way that you really do that is by word of mouth and also by leaving a review for the podcast. So if you're enjoying this and you want to help get the word out, please share it with your friends, but also head over to your respective podcasting app and be sure to leave us a review. Give us those stars and leave a written review. The best way, the absolute best way you can do that is go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Even if you're not using those apps to listen regularly, like for example, if you're listening on Spotify or one of the other podcasting apps, you're not going to be able to leave a review there. So you actually have to click over to Apple Podcasts or I believe Google on your Google devices, your Android devices. But that would help us out greatly and just continue to expand uh, this thing that we're doing here at the podcast. And as always, if you like what you heard today, be sure and hit that subscribe button for those of you who haven't yet so you don't miss an episode. As always, we hope you enjoyed this and all of our episodes on the Cultured Christian Podcast. Please join the conversation over on our Reddit. Also like and interact with us on our Instagram and Facebook page. Lastly, if you have feedback or topic ideas, email us at culturedchristians at gmail.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you in the next one.